Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of Travel Talks. Today, I'm joined by the brilliant Chelsea Dickinson, also known as the Cheap Holiday Expert. So Chelsea admits herself that she is obsessed with booking cheap holidays. And since starting the Cheap Holiday Expert, she has appeared on radio, TV and print and has her own YouTube channel too, with over 10,000 subscribers and almost 1 million channel views. This episode is full of tips, including how to get a hotel upgrade, how to go on holiday for free and cheap alternatives to expensive destinations. If you're like me and enjoy planning holidays, getting a good deal and making your holiday budget stretch as far as possible, you are going to love this episode. So if you're at Heathrow, you're in the same one as all the fancy people doing the long haul business class flights that you're right. just off to Alicante. Colourful houses and buildings, yeah. they kind of have a similar vibe in Gdansk. So there you go. If you want the Scandi vibes, but with the Eastern uh, Central Europe price, <laughs> go to Gdansk instead. Day bed, the infinity pool looking out across the sea. Honestly, I will never be able to top that. And then as soon as she left, I quickly got on my phone to see how much <laughs> it was worth. And yeah, it was £468 a night. I did a home sit in Germany in the most outrageous house. <laughs> that was like a proper mansion and they just wanted someone there and to take the posting. In terms of the country itself, it just totally blew me away. It was a culture shock from what I was used to. The prices were super low. The people were so, so friendly. The fact that I traveled by plane, by train, by boats, you know, it kind of had a bit of everything. And I felt in two weeks, I had had such an epic time. Chelsea Dickinson, the cheap holiday expert. How are you? I'm very, very good, thank you. How are you today? Yeah, very good, thank you. A lot more positive now that we're allowed to leave the house a bit more. Oh, isn't that nice? You know, just the small things in life that are keeping us going at the moment, I think. So I want to start by asking you the question, which I ask everyone at the start of the podcast. And I think I know the answer to this one. How important is travel to you? Travel is incredibly important to me on a personal level, just because I think you can get so much out of traveling. And then obviously on a kind of business level, because that's <laughs> what I do. I help people book cheap travel. But actually, and this is kind of the anomaly that people don't expect me to say, I believe that I enjoy booking travel more than the travel itself. Yeah, <laughs> for me, I get it. It's the find the bargain. That's when the true, the true joy comes out for me. <laughs> so, of course, that must have led you on to starting Cheap Holiday Expert. But I actually found out that it wasn't originally called Cheap Holiday Expert as well. So That's how many correct. holidays is the original incarnation research. 
on Cheap Holiday Expert. What gave you the idea to start that? So it started with that question, how many holidays could I possibly do in a year? Mm. And it was because I found this absolutely wild claim. I think it was like a PR statement put out by Trainline who said that the average British person spends £3,418 in a year on holidays. And I was wow. like, that's crazy. <laughs> that's too much. I was like, who are these people? And it, was, it came out in December. And it was at a time when I started to think about New Year's resolutions. I decided mm. that I wanted to travel a bit more, but I didn't have a massive budget. Uh, and I also, in my kind of professional life, I, I work in radio. Mm. Uh, I wanted to learn some new skills. I wanted to learn how to video edit. And mm. I thought, right, I'll start a YouTube channel. And I'll set myself a travel challenge to see how many holidays I could do for half the price that that PR yeah. statement had claimed. And yeah, and I just gave it a go. And I thought, do you know what? If nothing else happens from this, I will have one, been able to do a bit of travel. And two, I will have learned how to video edit, which, you know, might help me in the future anyway. Brilliant. So where did you go on those holidays? Oh, so I had some rules to kind of spice it up a little bit because I, in my head, I was thinking it worked out around £1,700 I had. And that was for my transport and accommodation. Mm. And I was like, I reckon most people could book 10 weekend breaks for mm. that cost. And, you know, not with too much difficulty, it'd be fine. But obviously... The, uh, the producer in me was like, no, let's make this more interesting. So one of the things was that it had to be uh, more than three continents. Okay. I wanted a business class flight in there and I wanted some long holidays in there. So that helped kind of dictate where I went mm. because I couldn't just be going for the cheapest thing possible. I had to tick some boxes. So I did a lot of Europe. So there was, there was Paris in there. There's Valencia in there. I actually did Spain twice because the business class flight I managed mm. was to Benidorm. That's <laughs> right. You can fly business class to Benidorm. We went over there and surprised my boyfriend's grandparents. He yeah. always went on holiday there. And that was such a fun one. Um, but then there was ones that kind of surprised people too, like Dubai, which is seen as a super mm. expensive place to go to. Uh, that wasn't my choice it was a friend's birthday I couldn't get out of it so I had to make it work for the budget Um, and also managed to do things like we went to uh, New York and Miami so we squeezed in a couple of really pricey ones too but made it work for the budget yeah and that business class flight to Benidorm obviously it's not the traditional place you'd take a business class flight (laughs) What did you have to pay extra to get in business class and was it worth it? So we flew with British Airways and they do a thing called Club Europe. That's their British class kind of fare for Mm. Europe. So you don't get the lie flat seats. Let's put that on the table. You you sit down and see and you're like, oh, this is the same as back there. But you have a seat in between you to separate you from, you know, the other other (laughs) people sat up there with you. Um, For me, I think it cost around £80 more to fly business class with them and that's the one thing I've noticed especially with that club Europe uh, rates if you especially if you get the rates in the sale Mm. it doesn't necessarily cost that much more and it can work out overall a really good value Mm. because you get two bags included so if you're someone who was going to be traveling heavy anyway Mm. it might just be worth looking at that bigger rate um, but the, the main selling point for us was that you get access to the British Airways lounges. Mm. So if you're at Heathrow, you're in the same one as all the fancy people doing the long haul business class flights that you're oh, yeah. just off to Alicante. Um, so we made 
good use of the free pour bar let's just <laughs> say that and then my favorite thing is on board you actually get a four course meal with uh wow. unlimited drinks too so it, it can depends. be worth it then it, yeah it depends what i always say to people is i think it's worth it for like a treat mm. but the top tip there is make sure you only do it into and out of airports that have got a british uh, airways lounge okay because you could fly into alicante like we did and from heathrow and you've nailed it mm. but on the way back there isn't a BA lounge, so they just put you in the the one that you could pay thirty pounds to go in. Uh, Nobody wants that, so just do it the one way if that's the case. And I wanted to ask you about the name change as well. How many holidays mm-hmm. has now become Cheap Holiday Expert? What was the reason behind that name change? And also, how long did it take you to come up with the name Cheap Holiday Expert? Well, the reason for the change was it was how many holidays kind of was that year, that year mm. of travel where I didn't think it was going to go uh, elsewhere. It still kind of worked a little bit because it's basically what people say to me all the time. How many holidays? Mm. So it worked <laughs> on a level. But I felt like it didn't sum up what I was doing or what I had progressed into doing, which was not only showing my cheap travels, but helping other people find cheap travels too. So <laughs> it was the, the coming up with a new name was very easy because that's how I'd been introduced whenever I was going on yeah. radio or things like that they would say she's a cheap holiday expert and we simply put it into name checker which is what we use you know to see if the url and all that stuff is still available i could not believe it was available on absolutely everything there we go how is that possible you'd think that would have gone right yeah absolutely and it works so well because when i put this podcast out and put uh, Chelsea Dickinson, cheap holiday expert. There we go. It needs no more ex- explanation. Exactly. So it's the perfect name. Um, I was really sad to say goodbye to how many holidays because I felt like that came with quite a fun kind mm. of vibe behind it. And cheap holiday expert is, a, I don't know, sounds a bit more serious, but hey, I'll, I'll reel them in with the, the lure of all the tips, but then they can stay for the fun as well. Awesome. So obviously I couldn't get you on the show and not ask you to share some of your tips. So You've had some upgrades in the past and it's something mm-hmm. that I've never tried to do, but I'm going to make sure that I try to do and use you your template to. to get the most out of. So how do you get an upgrade at a hotel? So the thing that I always say to everybody is if you're staying at a hotel that has these different tiers of rooms, uh, always ask. Mm. Like, don't feel awkward about it. Don't feel weird about it. This is what I always say to people. The reason that you should be asking for an upgrade is because you're celebrating a special occasion, right? Mm. So that could be a job promotion. It could be someone's birthday. It could be someone's anniversary. But here's the final one, which means that everyone should be applying for this. Uh, Booking with your hard-earned money and going away somewhere is a special occasion. Mm. Like It doesn't happen all the time. So don't feel bad. And I think once you get over that, you'll start, you know, feeling okay with putting yourself out there. So that's the first hurdle. And then secondly, it's a case of sending an email at the time of booking. I like to do it then. Then I like to do a little follow-up, perhaps, you know, a week or so out. Okay. And in that email, as you said, I've got a template on my, on my website that people can literally just copy and paste. But it's all about expressing how you found out about the hotel, why you're excited to stay, ask some questions if you if you don't want to ask outright though you totally can Mm. um you could do something along the lines of do you know what a job promotion is a really good one Mm. because you can say 
uh, I've booked this for to celebrate whoever you're traveling with job promotion. Uh, could you recommend any great bars in the area? I'd love to surprise mm. them. So there's quite a nice way yeah. of you naturally dropping it in without having yep. to be so direct. But at the same point, there's nothing wrong with being direct either. You could literally say, and this is what I do, um, we would love to be considered uh, mm. for an upgrade if there is availability on the day. Um, we always like to leave good reviews on TripAdvisor after yep. good you know, service. Uh, no matter what happens, upgrade or not, we just simply can't wait to come stay yeah. with you. So nice it's all put. about infusing, being excitable, being kind. Yeah. And it always helps, if you possibly can, to find out who the general manager is slash the person who is in charge of giving those upgrades. Mm. You can find out them and their email address and send it directly to them. That's a good way to make sure that your request isn't going to get lost. Awesome. Some amazing tips. And you've had some amazing upgrades in, in your time. The one I want to pick out is in Thailand at the Pimale yes. Resort. Yeah. It looked incredible. So how much did you originally pay for the room which you wanted to stay in? And do you know how much the room you in, ended up staying in cost? So in Thailand, the average cost of our hotel rooms a night was around £30. So for two nights, we decided to totally blow the budget and treat ourselves. I think that's one of the best things about when you book something for cheap is it doesn't have to be cheap all the time. You know, no. you just need to find a balance. So we booked into this five star resort, which was so unlike us. Uh, and we went for the cheapest room possible, which I think was around 200 pounds a night, mm. which for us was like, oh my God, so much money. Um, but then I made sure to email them with my template, you know, saying, oh my goodness, seeing you on Instagram, it looks incredible, yeah. we're so excited, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I didn't hear anything else from them. No response. That happens quite a lot of the time. Okay. Um, turned up, and as part of this five-star resort, they come and pick you up from your wherever you're coming from, be it the airport or wow. your previous hotel. And we've been staying at a place which was £30 a night. Mm. <laughs> pick us up. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> they can tell that we are, we are not supposed to be at this resort. They're picking us up from this hotel. We're in the car. And they're just driving us up this resort higher and higher. And if you think about it, the higher you get, the better the view is. Of course. So they're driving us up and up past these incredible, like, individual villas that they've got until the car stops. And we're literally as far as you can go. There was a woman waiting outside of this, like, these two buildings with flowers to give us and a drink. Wow. And we were like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Um, and she led us in and it was as we were going down the steps I saw like a glint of blue and I realized that we had our own pool oh and I was God. like try not to freak out so badly and be like oh this is wonderful <laughs> but actually inside I was like oh my god <laughs> and it was genuinely what you would see like people like book on their honeymoons um, yeah. it was this incredible one bedroom villa it had two different that we thought someone else was like sharing the pool with mm. us but it were both our little outhouse buildings wow day bed with infinity pool looking out across the sea honestly it's i will never be able to top that and then as soon as she left i quickly got on my phone to see how much <laughs> it was worth and yeah it was 468 pounds a night wow wow is that the best upgrade you ever had yeah that's definitely the best upgrade i've ever had but what i will say and this is always worth looking into if you are wanting to go luxury 
and spend that kind of money. I know people do save this, especially if they're going on honeymoons and stuff like that. It's really, really useful to know um, where, where is good to spend your money. So I would actually say for that level of luxury, that's cheap, which mm. sounds mm. crazy, I know. But if you compare that to, I was looking at some other places, I don't know, you could look at the Maldives, for example, mm. or um, other, other resorts in Vietnam, perhaps more popular. We're on a less popular island of Koh mm. And you, you could have paid a thousand pounds a night for something wow. like that. So wow. it is really, you know, yes, it's a lot of money, but still, yeah. In, compared to other places, we got chatting to other people who are in those villas, and they were saying that they had saved thousands of pounds by choosing to stay there over where they normally stay in the Maldives. Amazing! So there was still a part of you which was satisfied that you'd got a good deal. <laughs> yeah, definitely, <laughs> we got the best value ever. Awesome! You've had so many upgrades on hotels, but something you say you've never had is an upgrade on a flight. Mm, yeah. So you've tried, but you've never had one. Oh my god, we tried with Thailand, and <laughs> I haven't put this video out yet, but I can't wait to do it because it's such a silly video. But we had basically before we went, I sent out a tweet to everyone saying, hey, guys, give me your upgrade tips. I'm going to try some. I'll give anything a go, even if it's silly. So the main one that we got through, actually, was that if you give the air stewards like some sweets and chocolate, apparently there's a rule that they're not allowed to take it on the plane with them. I don't know how real that is. <laughs> you are someone who works in the airline industry listening to this. Let us know, because I want to yeah. know the full lowdown. Um, so before we got on our flight, which was changing, so it was to Bangkok, but it was changing in Dubai, we bought some M&M's chocolate and some fruit pastels, <laughs> the big bags. <laughs> it was my turn on the first flight, and then yeah. my boyfriend James's turn on the second flight. And honestly, it's the most cringeworthy thing in the world. But held out that like the guy came over and I was like excuse me I was like I've got you some chocolate and inside I was like oh. dying I was like I've got you some chocolate um because I know you guys can't bring it on and I just wanted to say have a great flight and he was he was like oh that's so nice thank mm -hmm. you so much and he just went and I was like okay. <laughs> I don't feel like that worked but you know it's still a nice thing to do yeah. and then two minutes later he came back and tapped me on the shoulder and I was like this is it yeah. and he's like sorry uh do you work like are you in uh, are you a air steward as well a air hostess and I was like no my friend my friends are so they're the ones who told mm. me and he's like oh okay and then he carried on and that oh. was it <laughs> and my oh. boyfriend James is like you should have lied I was like I don't think it would have made a difference he's like it would have this is your fault we haven't been upgraded um, but he tried on the next flight and totally failed too. Mm. So that that technique is unfounded for now. Well, one day you'll get an upgrade. I was uh, going to mention Simon Wilson. So I've been watching a lot of his videos recently and he seems to just have an absolute knack of getting an upgrade every single time. It's not yeah, necessarily he, like a direct business class upgrade, but move to a perhaps a seat with more mm. leg room or move to a row where there isn't someone sat there with him. And he just asks outright every single time. Have you yeah. ever tried to do that? I have, mm. I have. I do tend to want to go up to the desk just say, hey, are there any upgrades available? Yeah. I have been able to upgrade with uh, Miles before. Okay. Um, so I have managed to get into premium uh, on Virgin, which is, yeah. a, is a really nice upgrade. I'd never pay for it. Yeah. Um, but that's the most I've managed. But Simon Wilson, oh, he 
I wish I had his gift of the gab. Yeah. That is a lot what it comes down to is having having the gift of the gab, but also making sure if you fly a lot, making sure you're signed up to those those uh, loyalty clubs because the moment they scan your ticket, that's what comes up. It tells you if you're a loyal kind of mm. passenger, you're much more likely to get that upgrade. Nice. So how do you find cheap flights then? Oh, I wish that was a simple, simple <laughs> question. I did an entire like blog back when I was doing How Many Holidays about how to find a cheap flight. And I actually did a word count on it recently. And it's like 5,000 words. <laughs> I think it's more work than I did for many of my universities. <laughs> I think what I'm trying to illustrate from that is that there's no straightforward way. Mm. But in the simplest, if, if I'm boiling it down to the simplest places to start, mm. I like, I absolutely love Google Flights. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant tool. I use it because the calendar view when you click on dates it'll bring up a calendar in front of you and it will really clearly show you where the good prices are mm. uh, and what it's good for is it's good for patterns so you might see that you basically it lets you toggle between how many days you want your journey to be so as you're toggling through that it will light up in green when a really good price comes up mm. so you might start seeing oh if I actually left two days after, I could get it for yeah. £100 cheaper. You start seeing patterns. Uh, but the biggest tip is to not leave it there. Use Google Flights to find the patterns, to find those cheap dates, and then make sure you're doubling, uh, double-checking it against direct with the airline, mm. uh, especially at the moment during a pandemic, because if you book direct, you're actually probably more likely to get better cancellation policies, and it might be worth paying that extra 20 quid. Uh, if that's not something you're worried about checking it on Skyscanner checking it on Momondo too because yep. it's crazy how much those prices can fluctuate across those three to four different websites like you, you can literally save hundreds of pounds on the in the exact same flight just by using a different website it's crazy wow so I wanted to talk about your 100 pound challenge that you did in Warsaw now because that yes. also involved a nice cheap flight how far did that 100 pound get you and is Poland the cheapest country you've ever been to that 100 pound in Warsaw got us really far we did an entire weekend so it was two nights stay uh, I will say that 100 pound was spending money rather than mm. we'd already booked the flight and the hotel so you can get both of those very cheap um we, we actually got a bit fancy. We went for cocktails. We went mm. for nice meals. We did not scrimp at all. I would say Poland is so cheap that I could have done the entire weekend, the flights, the accommodation, and all my food and activities for £100 if I wow. really wanted to. Mm. That's how cheap it can be. It is such... I always say to people, Poland is such a great place to go. Uh, it's got incredible history. The architecture is like the whole like kind of Soviet Union mm. era, the the neon lights. There's so much in terms of the architecture, the history. It's fascinating. Uh, the food's really good. Um, I went to Gdansk in Poland uh, and they had Prosecco for two pound a glass. I wow. mean, you know, what's not to love? I yeah. really, really, really recommend Poland. And is that the cheapest place I've ever been? No, the cheapest place would be Thailand so mm. far. Uh, in terms of being able to get some incredible street food, like four meals for a pound. Or I think on my first night, my entire meal was 66p. 
Wow. You, you can't really <laughs> argue with that that much, can you? Incredible. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So I wanted to talk about your home swaps and home sitting now Mm -hmm. because it intrigues me a lot but it's something that I've never done and something that I'd perhaps need a little bit more convincing to do so maybe you can do that for me now so what gave you the idea to first do home sitting the reason I did home sitting first of all was because I was doing this how many holidays challenge and I was quickly running out of money (laughs) and I remember sat down searching for free accommodation and getting the same old answers which were like do a working stay or, you know, go and pick mm. berries on a farm <laughs> or stay with a friend. And I was like, oh, none of these are working yeah. for me. None of these work. And then I came across, why don't you try house sitting? I was like, okay, tell me more. Now, a lot of house sitting involves pet sitting. Mm. So I looked at a website which was kind of focused around that. It's called Nomador. And the great thing about this website in particular was it was totally free to sign up and you could message up to three people for free as well. A lot of the other websites, you do have to pay like a premium, maybe £80 a year, Mm. sometimes a bit less. But for just, I just wanted to try it out. So I didn't want to pay that money. Uh, So I'd recommend looking at that one, definitely. And I just started browsing. I quickly realized on that website that there was a lot of French homes. It used to be a French-only site. It's now worldwide. And in August, I don't know if you know this, a lot of people in France, especially if they're living in the north or in the cities, they just take the month off and they all migrate south and go on holiday. Yeah. Like... (laughs) If you're looking for a time to go and do some uh, house sitting, definitely look at France in August. Paris, which is where we ended up going, I went for two weeks and looked after a little cat called Biscot. Oh, nice. Paris is dead. (laughs) 
<laughs> like compared to normal it's super hot that's why i run these yeah it's in school holidays so it's a total winner if you're someone who has to travel peak anyway and it's definitely something worth looking at some of them do not even require you to look after a pet i did a home sit in germany in the most outrageous house <laughs> that was like a proper mansion and they just wanted someone there and to take the post in wow yeah nice and totally free I didn't pay a penny. I still have never paid a penny for membership or anything. So it's it's completely worth looking into. It's very community-based. A lot of trust goes into it from both sides. But yeah, if you can get over that, yeah, there's some amazing opportunities you can get into. Awesome. So where is the best place you've stayed when home sitting? Definitely that one in Germany. Yeah. So the people that owned it, they were both CEOs in their respective fields and they had a lot of money and they were off on their own holiday. So my, myself and my boyfriend went and stayed in their absolutely beautiful home, which has, you know, had a full wine cellar wow. and a library. And they like, we went around the kitchen one day and just Googled how much everything was worth. <laughs> <laughs> they had a blender, which was worth like 1200 pounds. We're like, what? oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was it was a really out of this world kind of holiday. Um, we use it, we mostly just chilled out at their house and pretended it was ours. It was lovely. Awesome. So that must have been incredible because I saw the one million euro apartment in Barcelona. Mm -hmm. Was it? And that was yes. absolutely incredible. So that one's a little bit different. So that wasn't home sitting. That was home swapping. Ah, okay. So yeah, these are two slightly different things, and they can work for slightly different people, or they both can. So home swapping is when as you imagine you swap your place with someone else at the same time right that's mm. what everyone thinks of when i say home swapping well i actually did it in a different way so i used a website called love home swap and when you sign up you get some points mm. um and what happens is you can put your place up so i could put my flat up for instance and i could say if you come and stay here and a part of my availability for when i'm not here i'll earn 100 points a night so what they're doing is they're setting up non-simultaneous uh, house swapping. There is an option that means you don't have to swap at the same time and you don't even have to swap at any point. So that's what I was doing with Love Home Swap. Okay. I built up these points and therefore I swapped the points for the stay in their home. Incredible. Yeah. And that apartment was so nice in a really beautiful area of Barcelona. Barcelona is not cheap. So no. it was... Um, Saved a lot of money by doing it that way. Awesome. So you're so well-traveled that I can't wait to ask you what your favorite city is. Oh. And for the first first part of this, let's make it money is no object. Oh, okay. Money is... I don't think that would change. Okay, good. My answer, in all honesty, I think currently my favorite city... Oh, it's between two. <laughs> the boring answer is Paris. I don't know what it yeah. is. I just have this weird affinity with Paris. I absolutely love it. I, there's just something I love about going and staying in one of the arrondissements and just yeah. pretending you live there and everyone kind of ignoring you and you're going to get your fresh baguette in the morning. Like I'm so down yeah. for those melancholy vibes. They are very me. Otherwise, I would say Lisbon. Oh, Lisbon's amazing, Lisbon. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's so good. Might be my favorite city and definitely my favorite city in Europe. So great choice. What is it you love about yeah. Lisbon so much? The food is so mm good the drink yeah. just the culture of the food and drink everyone's very uh, friendly you're by the sea so you get the city but with yeah. all the north school kind of vibes and the price 
uh, you can't deny mm. that it's a it's a cheap European city, mm. but still has lots of the lure of a Western European city too. So it mm. ticks a lot of boxes for me. Awesome. So what did you get up to when you were in Lisbon then? We, the reason I booked it actually was because I, I'm an idiot and it was my boyfriend's 29th birthday and I, mm. he loves Elton John. So we went to go see Elton John in Lisbon. Nice. I mean, what person does that for someone's 29th birthday? <laughs> like, why didn't I leave it? But it was brilliant. The one thing that was super funny about it though was you quick you forget that people culturally act differently in those kind of situations. Mm. So we got to the gig and we were up dancing, back <laughs> into the bar. Nice. And yeah, we were massively the only ones doing that. <laughs> like most other people were just sat down enjoying the gig and we were like, enjoy yourself yeah you definitely tell me we were the brits abroad yeah i think we played up to the stereotype on that one (laughs) is there a city which is often overlooked that you think is a hidden gem i've already mentioned it but gdansk in poland is such a hidden gem because you get all the polish history it's actually the place where the first uh, shots were fired into for world war ii that's essentially where world war ii started into the bay there there's so much history there's an outrageously like brilliant world war ii history museum there it's fantastic Mm. um but then the architecture is gorgeous so yes you have those kind of soviet style buildings but you also have super european style buildings too if Mm. you look at where gdansk is on the map it's at the like the top of poland you're not far at all from scandinavia and I say it, there's massive Scandi vibes mm. I got from a lot of the, the architecture. Have you ever been to Copenhagen? I've not. No, I've not, actually never been to Scandinavia. Oh, every time, every time it gets put forward, like my girlfriend really wants to go. And she'll say, oh, we should go to Copenhagen. We should go to, and I'm always like the tight one. He's like, well, but it's really expensive when you're there. So we could go to like Eastern Europe and have an amazing yeah, time yeah. for like 100, 200 quid. But that's going to yeah. cost, that's going to be one drink when we're in Copenhagen. But I definitely will go at some point. You have to go. But um, yeah, it's weird. Gdansk uh, along the harbour really reminds me of Copenhagen. Okay. Because there's a, uh, there's a the most famous kind of bit of Copenhagen, which is called uh, Nyhaven. I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah, sounds um, about it's right. Colorful, uh, colorful houses and buildings. Yeah. They kind of have a similar vibe in Gdansk. So there you go. If you want the Scandi vibes, but with the Eastern uh, Central Europe uh, price, <laughs> go to Gdansk instead. Awesome. There's there's me. I'm I'm the tight one, and I can completely put <laughs> that forward now. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so when you're going away uh, and you want to go away for let's say a few days would you choose a city or a beach I would if I wanted to go for a few days I would normally go for a city Mm. but if I was looking to go for a week I would probably try and pair them up to Mm. do a bit of a city and then travel out somewhere for example a holiday that I'm really keen to book once we can um, again, oh, I'm going to talk about Poland again. I swear I'm not obsessed. That's great. But um, I really want to check out um, Krakow. And then you can travel. You're not too far away from an area called, it's called Zakopany, mm. um, which is the, the, one of their ski resorts in Poland. I've never skied. I'll be absolutely terrible. But Robbie Knox may- convinced you to ski. Yes, he has. <laughs> totally convinced me. And when I looked into it more, I found some insane airbnbs for all under 100 pound a night which Amazing. you would have to pay so much for in other ski resorts um so i really like the thought of going and maybe doing an hour of skiing but otherwise yep. just being in a hot tub <laughs> <laughs> nice 
with a mulled wine. And um, so that's, so it's not strictly um, the, the beach there, mm. but it's a good example of how I would pair together a yeah. city with a different kind of break. Taking the train, like I've done that before as well with um, kind of backwards for a, a wedding I went to in Perugia in Italy, which mm. is gorgeous countryside. Perugia as well, by the way. It's the, it's, I don't know if they call it counties there, but it's, it's next to mm. Tuscany. Um, so it's much less traveled, okay. a lot cheaper, but a very, very similar kind of style. Yeah. So if you're looking to do Tuscany, but cheaper, look at Perugia instead. Awesome. Um, and then we got the train for 10 euros to Rome after. Oh, wow. So, you know, there's really easy ways that you can like link up places. And that's what I like to do if I have a week off. Brilliant. So you've spoken about Poland quite a few times, Italy just then. <laughs> what is your favorite country? My favorite country, and I've only been there once. Is it my favorite? Yeah, let's go for this. Mm. Vietnam. So I went to Vietnam maybe, oh, it will have been like four years ago now. But I think the reason it's my favorite country that I've been to so far is I had never been to that part of the world before. Mm. I went and met my brother out there who was traveling around Southeast Asia. Awesome. I don't know. I guess I felt a little independence. Yes, I was going to meet him, but I was traveling on my own to get mm. there. Wow. And I was in this tiny little rucksack. And it came with those kind of backpacker vibes without having to actually mm. do much backpacking. I was only there two weeks. And in terms of the country itself, it just totally blew me away. In terms of it was a culture shock from what I was used to. The prices were super low. The people were so, so friendly. Mm. The, the changing landscapes, uh, the fact that I traveled by plane, by train, by boats, you know, it kind of had a bit of everything. And I felt in two weeks I had had such an epic time. So for me, that's the reason. Oh, and the food. I mean, how can I say <laughs> yeah, the food of is so good. Um, so, yeah, I think that would pip everything else at the moment. Brilliant. So I kind of expected you to say Japan there. So Did you? let's speak okay. about Japan for a little bit. You spent 12 days there for mm -hmm. under a thousand pounds, which just yes. sounds impossible from the outset. Did you enjoy your time in Japan and where just below Vietnam, would you say it ranks? So it's really interesting because it does rank very high. Mm. I really, really enjoyed Japan. And I hope that with my videos, I prove that it doesn't have to be super yeah. expensive because it gets a really bad rap, I think. I truly believe it does not have to be that pricey. Mm. I loved it. You get the culture shock there and it's mad because some things are so traditional and then some things are so futuristic. It's the weirdest hybrid when you mm. go there. I just found it fascinating. It was so beautiful and it was stuff. It's, it's, it's something you could never get elsewhere, you know, from the weird and the wonderful, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I would say, and this is very controversial, and I'm about to, like, people are going to get really cross at me saying this. <laughs> the reason Vietnam won over Japan is because the food. Yes. <laughs> After 12 days, I was so bored of Japanese. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> because, of course, if you're in Tokyo, there's a lot more variety. Mm. Um, but because we were traveling around, what I quickly found was in Japan, they're very, very good at doing their own cuisine, but there wasn't much choice elsewhere. Mm. And yeah, after after 12 days, I was like, I just want some pasta. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of variety. <laughs> so yeah, I think the food is the reason why Vietnam is just above Japan for me. But you did some amazing things in Japan. Was there one thing that you would say was your favorite? Oh, what? Oh, I mean, the Mario Kart. Yeah, I was going to say it has to be. 
<laughs> Tokyo. I mean, I feel a bit crass saying that. That's like um, that's the easy commercial answer. But truthfully, will I ever get to do that anywhere else? Mm. No. Like, how was that even legal that I was yeah. allowed to dash around the streets of Tokyo in a go kart dressed as Luigi? It's just <laughs> crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and genuinely did feel like I was in Mario Kart because there's one mm. bit where. We went under, we were like on a full blown motorway at one point where you go under a bridge and you go into the tunnel. And I was like looking out for coins because I was like, <laughs> this is just like Mario Kart. So that definitely, definitely sticks out for me. Brilliant. So usually when I have people on, I ask them after speaking about their favorite country, if they would ever live abroad. And luckily for you, you have lived abroad. So it's a nice little segment. Can you tell the listeners about the time that you've lived abroad? So when I was 18, I lived for a year in America. Uh, I applied for a scholarship with Rotary Clubs. And it was one of these where I knew that I was going to go live in Georgia. But when I applied, it's all based on what Rotary Clubs choose to sponsor you out there. So you don't know where you're going to actually live or go to college. That's what you're doing for a year. You're going to college. So I got super lucky because I got selected by a club that was close to Atlanta. Um, So I ended up staying in their capital and Therefore, I experienced a lot and yeah. there was lots to do and it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, another win for me was my college was a tiny, tiny little private college, like a liberal arts one, which was so good compared to the other people on the scholarship who I got to know very well. Mm. Uh, they were all at these massive state colleges, which, you know, you got a lot of experiences from that too. But obviously the drinking age is 21 in yeah. America. And a lot of them had police in their dorms, so you could not come in drunk or anything like that. Whereas mine, we just had security guards who would see me with my bottles of wine or and go, ma'am, are you 21? And I go, yes. And they're like, have a great night. (laughs) I had a very great time in America. It, um, It was a cultural scholarship. That sounds bizarre, I know. It didn't actually count to my grades, so I just had to maintain a C grade average, which... Fortunately, I was able to do. It was brilliant. I absolutely loved it. Um, my sister did it too. She went to uh, UGA, which is their huge. Actually, that's the one you really want. That's mm. their big university. And it's a really, really cool town that you live in. And then my brother got sent to a Christian dry campus with 900 <laughs> other students. <laughs> so it's a total lottery. Yeah. So I, I feel pretty smug with how, how mine ended up. Yeah, you've absolutely smashed it, I think. Was there a particular story from your time in Atlanta which you could share for us now? We were, so the public transport is called the Marta. Literally, I think it was like my first week living there, me and a friend that I'd made decided to go into the city. She was like, oh my God, we live in Atlanta. You know, (laughs) one of the most populated cities in the whole of America. We need to go and explore it. So we took the Marta into the city And we came out and it was dead. There was no one about. And we were like, what is going on? What is going on here? It was in that moment. I hadn't done any research. I think I just like expected every city in America to be like New York, which Mm. is the only place I'd been to prior to that in America. And Atlanta is actually, it's a business city. There isn't like a high street where people go shopping. There isn't really a place where people dot about and go to cafes. And I think it was just that kind of moment where we both realized, we're like, oh, this is not at all what we expected. <laughs> it was like tumbleweed, like rolling across the road. 
<laughs> it's just a super super business kind of district where we came out and I think it's just something that is worth knowing if you uh, there's a lot of connections that connect through Atlanta so if people mm. are thinking oh I fancy a little city break in Atlanta you can there's some really cool and interesting areas mm. but not in the city center yeah. there's, there's nothing going on there um, and I quickly learned as well from Atlanta why everyone in America has a car mm. everything is so spaced out everything is so far apart um, yeah, I tended to spend a lot of my time at my college in the frat houses playing beer pong. Sounds great. That's, that's mostly where I stayed. <laughs> <laughs> so after living in America for a year, is there anywhere else that you would like to live in the world? Yes. And I'm really keen to do this at some point. I don't know when it's going to work out with my job. Um, but I, I looked into it. I, I live in London. My rent is not cheap mm. at all. And I looked into it recently there are so many cities in Europe that I could go and rent a nice Airbnb for much less than my rent currently. Mm. And that would include all my bills. So, wow. you know, so, and if there was two of you, it becomes mm. even cheaper. So I really love the thought of going and living abroad for 12 months, but maybe changing it, changing where mm. I am every mm. month and just kind of doing a tour of Airbnbs. Brilliant. So, I think I would definitely go along the Eastern Europe kind of Central Europe route in terms of value for money, but also they're the places I haven't really explored and I would absolutely love to. So, you know, Estonia, Lithuania, yeah. you know, throwing in a few of those, probably go back to Romania, all the ones with yeah on the end, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would love to do that. Awesome. That sounds amazing. So I want to speak about food and drink now because from watching mm -hmm. your videos, it kind of feels like we are shared mutual interest in that going away to amazing cities, the best thing to do is to eat nice food and get drunk. Would you agree? Yes, that's what a holiday is, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So is there a best country for food that you've been to? Oh, well, I think my favourite cuisine has got to be Italian, mm. just because it hits so many points. So Italy's got to be in there, though I would say that when I've been to Rome, I didn't necessarily have the best food in Rome so mm. you don't have to go to the capital I think I think you're actually better I had better food in Perugia than I did in Rome mm. so perhaps you know not going super central where where else have I been and I absolutely love the food oh god this is when I need a map in front of me <laughs> um street food Thailand yeah Thai street food is absolutely is really really good and vietnam too and vietnam i think i paid like 29p for beer there so that always, that always makes everything taste better yeah it does it does <laughs> was there a favorite dish from your time in italy then oh favorite dish oh when we're in perugia they're really well known for their truffles mm. um so we went and we managed to get into this restaurant which apparently is always booked up but i think they must have had a last minute cancellation it was at the top of the city we had to climb up all these stairs to get there and one of their specialities is their truffle pasta. And I can't mm. for life me remember what type of pasta it was. Um, and it, it was so delicious. And I think the thing that was the piece de resistance for that whole meal was the chef then came out and had a chat with everybody. So he wow. was able to talk me through how he made it and all that kind of stuff. So I think that just, yeah, that was just an overall a really good experience. Um, yeah. And I think it kind of taps into the fact that if you're somewhere that is known for something, you have to try that dish, right? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. So uh, we've spoken about food. Food's ticked. 
or about bars best place that you've been to for bars oh some of my favorite bars are the ones that are a bit hidden or the mm. ones that you only find out about because of someone else so there's a brilliant one in paris which you have to go through a kebab shop so you literally wow. people are in there ordering their kebab and you just walk through and you keep going and there's like this tiny door at the back and you open it and go down and then you're in this cave and then you come out and you're in this amazing dimly wow. lit bar so i love stuff like that mm. i love those kind of experiences uh, where else have i had a good oh japan <laughs> japan has got such a good kind um so oh what's it called jinzo no there's an area where you the for, i can't remember it for the life of me off the top of my head mm. if you've been to japan you'll be shouting it at me right now <laughs> i know but it's loads of little bars all together in the same area okay and each bar fits about six people in. Yes. And yeah. it's a case of walking down, peering in, seeing which ones are empty, ducking in, and you're sat. So it'd be terrible in times of COVID. Um, <laughs> but at that point, it's so good. You, you just end up speaking to people. And I think they're sometimes the best bars where you meet people and get chatting. Uh, for that reason, also, I would say one of the best bars I've been to is this really touristy bar, McSorley's in New York. Okay. Um, it definitely isn't a hidden gem at all, <laughs> but we got recommended it. We went and the way it works is you're 10 people like absolutely crowded in around one table and you, mm. you just get chatting to people. Nice. And we ended up spending the rest of the night with the people we were next to. They came and visited us in London. Wow. So yeah, for me, a good bar is one that opens up lots of opportunities. Brilliant. Some amazing stories. So we've heard some amazing memories which you've created from traveling. Is there a holiday that means the most to you though? I guess the ones that mean the most to me just on a really personal level, uh, I'm, I'm lucky in my work that I'm able to travel a little bit. So I'm a radio producer and I've made radio documentaries and sometimes mm. they involve going abroad. So I think the ones that mean the most to me are sometimes when I'm reminded that uh, you don't have to travel with people all the time to have a good time. And sometimes it can be nice to take yourself out of those kind of comfort zones and push yourself into that. So the ones I've been to Turkey before, uh, I've been to America, San Francisco before, and Finland before Helsinki, where it's just been me and I've got a day off maybe. Nice. And I don't know, I, I feel some kind of affinity to those places because I know that I explored them completely on my own mm. but also because of that did exactly what I wanted to do so <laughs> I would say that there's areas that stand out for me for that reason but otherwise I don't know I'm kind of a person who doesn't like to go back to the same place mm. twice and I'm also just not a very sentimental person in general yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not really a hoarder or things like that I yeah. can chuck stuff away the memories for me are, are enough so yeah. yeah other than that nothing stands out Sorry Great. to all my holidays of past years. <laughs> so let's keep it positive now and talk about a place you could always go back to, despite the fact you just told me you don't go back to places. <laughs> <laughs> I could always go back to Paris. And yep. I would actually have to go back on my own. My boyfriend doesn't particularly like it. Oh, really? I just like the ease. I live in London. I could just mm. hop on a train. I could always go back there, get myself a fresh loaf of bread and sit in a park and be happy. Like it's... It, 
is so basically what I'm explaining is such a shallow version of Paris but that is all I want from it yeah it's a really shallow <laughs> aesthetically pleasing couple of days that that's where I'd go Brilliant. And now let's talk about the negative side of travel, because obviously travel, whilst it's incredible and it can broaden horizons, it can, of course, have negative aspects as well. Is there a place that you would never go back to? Yes, I spoke about this just yesterday, in fact. Um, I, I'm sure I probably will go back for some reason or other, but Dubai, I have yeah. no interest. I've been twice. I no, I know some people love it, but I just don't love it. And mm. I really... The second time I went, I tried to be like, come on, you were too negative last time. You know, let's find some redeeming qualities. But for me, I think the massive problem I have with it is that what culture I have experienced by going there is mostly <laughs> stolen culture. It's mm. just been transplanted from other places. Um, I, I never feel like I'm get, getting a real sense of what that place is. Of course, it's because it didn't exist 50 years ago or whatever it was. Um, I just I feel like it's having a bit of an identity crisis. And for the most part, the reason people go is to look flash and for a good bit of sunshine. And I, you can go other places to do both of those things. And you can certainly go other places that won't cost you as much as well. Yeah, good message. So I wanted to speak momentarily about COVID because obviously we're all bored shitless of it. But <laughs> you've been doing a great job at updating all of your followers on Instagram about the rules and they're changing mm -hmm. one minute you can go to this place and the next minute you can't. How hard has that been? Really difficult. <laughs> um, I would love to know what information I've pushed out of my brain to just <laughs> get across COVID rules. Um, yeah, I quickly realised back in March that me helping people book cheap holidays wasn't really going to be helpful for the next few months so I did a bit of a pivot mm. so I've been helping people with where you can go what the rules are it's so complicated it's so complex it's not straightforward um but yeah it, it's got to a point now that I feel like it's a part of me mm. yeah. <laughs> and all I do is just tell people to go to the FCDO's website yeah uh foreign officers website to check the rules um and yeah it's it's been difficult it's not been the most fun thing i've ever done but i know it's been helpful so therefore i'm, I'm happy that i'm all clued up yeah have you been away during covid i have i managed to do a week's holiday in september and i went to denmark for the week and i did three nights in Aarhus, which is really up north, their second city. And then I did uh, four nights in Copenhagen. Great. And would you recommend it to people? Obviously, there's a lot of uncertainty and it kind of feels a little bit more dangerous than it did many years ago. Mm -hmm. Would you recommend people get away during COVID though? I think it's all about uh, balancing up how safe you can be, where you're going, what the rules are like there. I think as long as you're, you're making sure that you are abiding by the rules of your country that you're coming from, the country that you're going to, um, I think it's completely possible to have a pretty safe holiday, especially as there's a lot of people who will book a villa. So they'll fly mm. in, get their own hire car and go off and not see anyone for a week. So, mm. you know, it's all about looking at how many points there could be for those interactions that you would perhaps avoid when you're at home if there's more then maybe you shouldn't be going to that place if there's less then you know it's about weighing it up it's really difficult because i 
I haven't been massively encouraging people to travel because I want people to keep safe. Uh, but at the same point, I really want to support the travel industry. So that's why I decided to go. Uh, we kept all the rules. Uh, hilariously, everyone in Denmark, it was, at the time, it was as if the COVID wasn't a thing. Wow. <laughs> it was a bit bizarre at some points. So you're like, what is going on? <laughs> um, but the week that we were there, their numbers really went up and it got a lot stricter straight away, um, which was good. It aligned to what we were doing anyway. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things. I think to have one rule for everyone is quite difficult when it comes to travel. But yeah. As long as people are keeping across it and using the FCDO's website to check what all the regulations are, I think there is definitely a, a way that you can still do it and still keep safe. Mm. And of course, one of the positives about this whole pandemic is it's making us be forced to explore areas of the country <laughs> we live in more than we perhaps would want to previously. Have you done many holidays, staycations during the nine months? So I've done one back in June when everything started to get lifted. I think it was the first weekend, in fact, actually, that we were mm. able to travel. Uh, we went to, we spent three nights in the Y Valley, uh, which was just on the border of Wales, but Wales wasn't open. So it was really <laughs> sad because I was like, we can't go and do anything there. Um, and oh my God, so beautiful. Yeah. Amazing beautiful like you do have that moment don't you where you go why haven't we been going on holiday here all the time yeah it's yeah. absolutely stunning um a lot of things like going there was a lot of activities outdoor activities it was very different for me i normally go for city breaks but it was quite nice to have a bit of a remote like we yeah. saw no one it was we we decided if we were going to go away we'd do the most self-isolated holiday possible um, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Sometimes it's nice just to have a change of scenery, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. And hopefully, fingers crossed, next year is going to be a bit more positive in terms of where we can go on holiday. Yeah. So do you have a bucket list? And I'm going to ask you, what is on top of that bucket list if you do have one? I don't have one because I'm actually useless <laughs> when it comes to planning ahead. I tend to only book stuff maybe two months ahead, which isn't necessarily the, the best way to get things for cheap, by the way, <laughs> uh, which worked for me during the pandemic. I only had to cancel one holiday. Mm. So I know other people had to cancel several. However, where would I like to go? I was talking about this last night. <laughs> so for Europe, the top place for me, I'll have to wait for these direct flights to come back in, is the Azores. Okay. So I really want to go to the Azores. I love Portugal in general. So the fact that it's connected um it just looks beautiful have you seen pictures of it yes i have yeah it looks absolutely it's picturesque like, it looks like hawaii mixed with new zealand mixed with like it's it blows my mind that mm. that and it's just in the middle of the sea so i really really would love to do the azores um i'd like to rebook my holiday that got cancelled which was yep. i was going to athens and then pairing it up with an island for a few days and further afield, I would be, I would absolutely love to go back to Vietnam. <laughs> I said before I didn't want to go back, but it's because <laughs> I didn't go with my boyfriend. I really want to show him what it's yeah. like. And then maybe like add in Cambodia at the same yeah. time. Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea, for coming on the show. Really, really appreciate it. If people want to follow you, they can go to Cheap Holiday Expert on Instagram, uh, Cheap Holiday Expert on YouTube. 
thank you so much for coming and taking the time. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been nice. I feel like I've kind of traveled virtually instead. It's been a bit of escapism for me. Hopefully everyone else has as well. So there we go. That was episode 11 with Chelsea Dickinson. She was absolutely brilliant and it was so good to have her on the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you did, it would be incredible if you could go and leave the podcast a five-star review. We've had so many now, almost 40 reviews, but they really do help boost us up the charts and get new listeners on board. So if you haven't done it, it really would mean a lot to me if you do. Thank you all for listening. And next week, I've got another amazing guest. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.